Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll be in the book of Genesis chapter 5 verses 1 through 32 as we look at the first genealogy of the Bible. Uh, he entitled it simply, He Lived, He Died. He Lived, He Died. Here's the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. So all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters, so Enoch was fruitful and multiplied. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, Enoch walked. The word walked in the Hebrew means to live in a manner of life. He lived in a manner of life where he had a relationship with God. The same thing we're supposed to do. He lived in a manner of life that, that was more than what we do on Sundays and Wednesdays. He walked with God. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, it says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, be fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of good. You know, I love this because one of the things we see is that he walked with God. He got counsel with God. You know, and, and, and we want to have God's hands upon us. And Enoch walked with God. In Psalm 73, verses 23 and 24, it says, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. And I love this verse. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. I love that because he's saying, Look, nevertheless, continually I am with you. No matter what happens in life, I'm continually with you, God. Can you say that? Because if we walk with God and we live in a life, our, our, our manner of life is worthy of walking with God. Like we're hand in hand. Because he's saying here, like, you'll guide me with your counsel after you receive my glory, but you hold me by my right hand. I'm walking with God. Psalm 73, verses 23 and 24. So if anybody, anytime I miss something, or you go, hey, I want that scripture, just raise your hand, it's cool. It's Sunday Bible study, so it's all right. Right? That's what we do. We want to make sure you get it. It's such a beautiful verse. You know, I, I, I had the picture of, of, of my dad. The first time I remember being a kid at five years old going to the beach and looking at the ocean. Not, not Corpus. The Atlantic Ocean. And I can remember grabbing my father's hands so tight 
because the waves were knocking me around. And not, I was afraid. I was scared of the water. I had a death grip on that hand. Wasn't going to let go. But over time, I started getting braver and braver, and I started getting away from my dad. And I can remember almost drowning a few times. <laughs> I would grab back my, hand, my dad's hand. And that's the picture for us is like you need to you need to uh, you hold me by my right hand. I'm continually with you. You're continually walking with him, holding his hand. That's God. And that's how our relationship should be. Don't let go of that hand. Ephesians chapter four, verses one through six says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness. And long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called, and one, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. I love that because he says, you know, you're, you're endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit of the bond of peace. Like, are you willing to, to walk worthy in a manner that you actually can walk with the person even though you don't agree with them? You're not agreeing over, like, I understand if you're not walking with them because of Scripture, because they're doing things that are against God, but can you walk in unity as we walk together in peace? Why? Because we're, we're to walk in a manner worthy to, to be the salt, to reflect Christ, to be the light. And there are so many Christians that are not gentle and long-suffering that that don't understand what the spirit of, of the bond of peace is some of us sometimes the only peace that we want is the peace that we want and if that means that you got to be upset i don't care that's the peace i want it's like you're willing to 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 create chaos but that's not the type of walk that enoch had enoch walked with god in a relationship with god in a manner that was worthy to worship God. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, But if we walk in the light, as He is in light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. A beautiful verse. I can remember speaking to a young man. I love him dearly. I mean, he's, he was at our old church, and he doesn't go there anymore. And he was, man, his, he grew up with a very hard lifestyle. Gang activity, uh, drugs, I mean, and, and he wanted to fight everybody. And, and, and he, he was so focused on Enoch. And, and, and the, the reason he was focused on Enoch was he was like, well, I want to learn. I want to read the book of Enoch. I was like, you shouldn't read the book of Enoch. It's, it's apostasy. But the reason he was so focused on Enoch is he hated his life so much he wanted to walk up out of here and be gone. Like, how do, I, how do I do what Enoch did and go? That's what he wanted. And that's where a lot of our kids are at today. And it's like at the end of the day, we have to understand when we walk with God, we walk with God through this life. When, do you, when does it stop? It doesn't. When he calls you home, then you go on to worship him there in glorification with a new body. Like God wants to use that kid here dealing with so much stuff in this world yeah it's not right for a kid to have to worry about drugs and gangs and jail a young man was in, in and out of juvie quite a bit 
remember going to the court and I remember how many kids went in there and just did not care. They were rude to the judge. They were yelling at the judge. And I was like, what's going on? There's no moms or dads there. The dads have checked out. We talked about the epidemic of, of fatherless homes. It impacts. There's an impact to that. It's impacting the communities. But as a church, we have to care about those things. We have to, to know that, hey, man, Paul was in jail. Right? Like, that's why prison ministry is such an important thing. And people need Christ. My brother was in jail. And God got a hold of him. But we need to understand, like, if Scripture doesn't give us anything else, we can't try to squeeze it out. We go by the context of what the Scripture says. Now, there is a little bit more information on Enoch in the New Testament. In Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter there, but it's in verses 14 and 15. It says, Now Enoch the seventh from Adam, again, talking about the genealogy, prophesied about these men, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 uh, of, of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So Enoch was a man who walked with God, but now we get a little bit more information that he actually uh, gave prophecy. And he gave prophecy about all these false teachers that are going to be held accountable. But we get a little bit more in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. It says, But by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had, a, had this testimony, that he pleased God. That he pleased God. He had intimacy with God. He pleased God. That's that relationship that we're talking about. That's the walk that we're talking about. He went by faith and he wasn't taken away. He didn't see death. But I love that. He, 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 he pleased God. And let me tell you something. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You need to step out in faith. If God's calling you to do something, that's a step of faith. It's a step of faith. It's like, I'm going to start reading the Bible. Step of faith. It's pleasing to God. Like, that's pleasing to God to open the Word of God and go, Lord, I don't know how to understand this, but help me. And God's walking right with you. Hand out. Saying, come on. Let's learn. That's the relationship that we talk about. And that's the beauty of Enoch. Now, we know that there was another person taken up. It was Elijah. We know that in 2 Kings chapter 2, 11, it says that, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Then it happened as they continued on it on and talked that a, suddenly a chariot of fire had appeared with a horse of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. So we know that Enoch and Elijah both were taken up. And, and the picture of this is, is a type. It is the picture of the rapture. What is the rapture? God can return at any moment. We're told to always be looking up. And he don't want to catch you doing things you're not supposed to be doing. He's like, you're supposed to be doing the work that I've called you to do. If you're my children, right? And, and, and he can, in a moment, the rapture happens. And that's what it is a picture of. That the Lord is coming. His second coming. And there's hope in that to be caught up. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18 says this. 
But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest your sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. He's talking about the dead. When they're caught up, everybody, let's go. Now what you don't want to be doing as they're caught up is you're going, hey, what, what happened to me? Where's everybody going, <laughs> right? That means you're gonna have, you're gonna be in the tribulation, and you better grab a hold of that Bible because you're gonna need it. And you can still become a follower of Christ still, but you want to be caught up. And why do we believe in the rapture? Why do we believe in the pre-tribulation? That's all that means is the rapture and the pre-tribulation. That's what we believe as Calvary Chapel. Why do we believe in that? Because why would God leave the church behind to be beat up in the rapture? Because the church is a representat representation of what the bride of Christ. So why would God leave the bride of Christ in the, in the tribulation to be beat up? Doesn't make any sense. So the rapture happens, and you want to be caught up. And so he's talking about those that are dead. And it says, For, for this way we say to, uh, to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord with by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise. Then we who are alive and remains shall be caught up together with them and the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I think about this because I had a dream last night. I don't think I've ever had a dream about my wife's father. I'm in the VA of all places. Usually in my dreams, my leg's getting cut off. I'm getting shot because I'm usually in pain at night. And usually whatever's happening in my body, that's the dream that I have. I'm getting hit by a car or something. It's always something crazy. But I'm in the VA picking up my, all of our medals and awards and stuff that we had when I served in the military. And I look over and I see my wife's father and two men. They look, like, they look like his brother, his brothers. I don't know if he were cousins or something. They were, they were related, and they were laughing. And I was like, Lewis, gave me a big hug. I said, wait, I got to go get Teresa. She's in the car. He goes, no, she'll see me. She'll see me. This is, this is not the time. We'll see each other again. And I was like, but I got to go get Teresa. And he's like, this is, there's a time, an appointed time for her. And I know it's from reading the scriptures. But I woke up. I had to wake myself up. Because I'm like, bro, I'm not dying. Am I in my sleep? <laughs> wake up, man. And all. But it was, it was beautiful because it just is a reminder to us, like, those that are dead will be caught up and taken up. And, and, uh, and we'll be with them. He's like, I'll see you again. And that's probably something just to comfort. You know, that's what it is. But, you know, I, I really do believe, like after reading these scriptures, it, it was like it came that way because of that reason, because of the scriptures. Because I'm reading how everybody, and he died, and he lived, and he died, and I'm like, Lord. And then I started reading about the rapture, and I was like, you know, I know Chuck prayed for the rapture. Like, I don't want to, we're just going to be caught up and gone. And that's how we should be. You know, we should be prepared for the rapture every day. I'm rapture ready is what, what Pastor Sandy Adams would say. Look up, because it can happen in a blink of an eye. 
Verse 25 as we close out here. Methuselah lived, now, as old as Methuselah. Now you understand where that comes from? All right, we're going to, why? Because he's, he's lived the longest out of everybody in this list. Methuselah lived 187 years and begot Lamech. And after he begot Lamech, Methuselah uh, lived 782 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. So Methuselah was the oldest man on earth. That's where you hear the term as old as Methuselah. I always wonder where they get, came up with that. I remember the first time reading the Bible and I was like, oh, there's a dude named Methuselah? And then you find out, oh, he was the oldest dude that ever lived. And so that's kind of cool to find out. Verse 28, Lamech lived 182 years and had a son and he called his name Noah saying, this one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. So Noah literally means rest or comfort. And it's, it's a, one of the things to get from this real quick is that when you, see the, when you see this about Noah, you're wondering if Lamech is thinking this is the seed. This is the seed that's going to fix everything. The way that Eve thought Cain was going to be. Right? And, and so we, we see that he writes a little bit more there and he says, and he called his name Noah, saying this, this one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. And we'll get into that story a little bit more next week. But it's also when we see this and we read about Noah, it's, it's a reminder that the messianic hope is still coming. The Messiah is still coming. And, and so it's, it's awesome to, to dive into that. And in verse 30 it says, And after he begot Noah, Lamech lived 595 years, and he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. And Noah was 500, uh, 500 years old and begot uh, Shem, uh, Ham, and, and, man, that last one is rough. Yepath. Yepath. Yeah. I remember doing the, doing the strongest concordance of the sound on that when I was like, how did they get that out of that? But it's, it's Yepath. Um, and, and he died. And so what we see is we see that term over and over, and he died. So the thing I want you to think about tonight as, you, as, as we close chapter 5 out is to understand that God has a calling on your life and He wants to use you while you're here on earth. That's why He says He's prepared good works for you. But He also has an appointed time of death for you. And that's not to be morbid. But that's the cost of sin. That's because the penalty of sin is death. So death has entered the world. Why do we have things like wars? Because of sin. Why do we have abortion? Because of sin. Why do we have cancer? Sin. It's all sin. Why do we have LGBTQIA? Sin. It's sexual morality. It's no different than a man who runs to the, the strip club. It's lust. It's sin. Sin has entered the world. And, but God is saying, look, I have, you're my child. I have something planned for you. I have a calling for your life. And he has that for every person. Even those that are not walking with God, He wants that same relationship. He wants them to walk with Him. And Psalm 139.16 says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and, your book, and in your book there were all written the days fashioned for me, 
when he has yet uh, there were none of them. And so he talked about the eyes of the substances yet being unformed. The moment of conception. And, and, and if, you, if you have any questions about the abortion, I did a whole teaching on it. And we dived into Psalm 139. And broke that down in the Hebrew. And that deals with the moment of conception. The substance. It's in the Bible. People don't get that. It's in the Bible. Like it, the way you're supposed to live your life, it's in the Bible. The way you're supposed to be a husband, it's in the Bible. The way you're supposed to be a worker, it's in the Bible. The way we're supposed to act in church, it's in the Bible. The way we're supposed to do business, it's in the Bible. Science is in the Bible because it talks about the earth being a what? Spear. It's in the Bible. Before any, anybody could figure that out, it was in the Bible that it's a sphere. The world is a sphere. It's in the Bible. And, and, and trust me, I used to be one of those ones where I was like, no, nah, that stuff ain't in the Bible. Just, just hard-headed. I was following the course of this world. So how are you living in Christ? How are you living for Christ today? What I hope for you is that you live for today. What my prayer is for you is that you die well. And you go, Mike, come on, man. No, I want you to die well. I mean, I want you to die well without regrets. Living a godly and wisely life for Christ. That's dying well. How's your walk with God? How's your time in the Word? Let me tell you something. When you go face to face with death, it changes the way that you look at your life. When you get in the hospital and you're sick, it changes the way that you look at your life. When you're a little kid and your grandfather or grandmother die, can you remember the first time the first person in your life died and you were like, what do you mean? It was the reality that what, people die, right? And my papa, gone. And it was like, I, I, man, I, I think I was probably nine years old, eight years old. That was the first time I had the realization that people actually die, but they do. We need to understand that we all have an appointed time of death and that, that God wants to use you and equip you and, and for you to have a sense of urgency as you are leading your family and, and as you're, you're impacting the community and actually making disciples and seeking the lost. See, I want to live for Jesus. I don't want to, to have regrets on my deathbed. Oh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have stepped out in faith and did that. I don't want to be like that. I want to know that, that, I, that I, I died well, that I served Christ, that I was living for Christ, that I devoted my time, my talent, and my treasure for Jesus. I want to die well with no regrets. I want, I want you to die knowing the grace of God. I want you to die knowing that you invested your life in something meaningful, which is Christ. I would hope that you would die in the comfort of God. That you die well, that you live with all your might for eternity. Because eternity is now, today. What you do now affects eternity. Your time here on this earth is minimal. And God's saying what you do today affects eternity. What we see is over and over, He lived, He died. We all have an appointed time of death. And that's, that's the prayer that I have for you tonight is that you would look at your life and, and, and be real about it. Am I walking with God? Am I grasping that hand? 
Like I'm not letting go. How many of y'all started doing this and you're starting to walk away from God? You're not spending time in His Word. You're not praying anymore. You're starting to get further and further from the hand. And God's saying, don't let go. Continually seek me. That's my prayer for y'all. Like when, when you're at my funeral, because I won't talk about yours, but when you're at my funeral, I want at least the people go, man, I don't know. Mike was crazy, but man, he loved Christ. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Man, he would tell you about Jesus. I remember him before. He was messed up, jacked up. And then God got a hold of him. I've been to a funeral like that. I've been to a funeral where the man died well. The family was, man, what is crazy is the family was ministering to those that were mourning. They weren't even mourning. They were praying with them. The foundation that was set with those kids, they were comforting those that were mourning. Church was packed. We didn't have room for everybody. We had to, we had to get another room. And that room got filled. We had people in the hallway. I met people that knew him and that were in Florida. And I was like, I never knew he knew people in Florida. But that was the impact one man's life had because he was obedient to God. Obedience and blessings. And he died well. He walked with God. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us to find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 